We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Guys, you want to do some rapid fire? Why not? I Vince just, just Vince popped in. Today, I, I had texted Vince because Jesse was having a hard time. I wasn't sure if he was going to log in, so Vince was kind of like jumping in as a backup. I appreciate you just Listen, when you're out in West time, Virginia Vince. and you're hiking and you gain a mile in elevation and then at the top it starts downpouring rain and you get down, you know, you're just running a little bit behind. I was here at 6 o'clock, though, on the dot. I, t- I timed in, Good. punched in right on the dot. Not ideal, but I was here, everyone, at 6 o'clock. <laughs> I was not. I got the text, and I realized, well, if I'm going to go By the do way, this, I need to go to the bathroom. Head- headset's m- working much better on oh. day two today. Good. So I, I was, was worried. turned up this volume a little bit, but you guys sent, you know, it's like I don't have the uneven levels today. So Nice. Jesse, your Father's Day gift is Keeps on giving now. good use. Thank you. I'm I haven't even gotten my Father's Day gift yet. Did your card come? That's the most important part. It did not. It did not. And I'm waiting for all that cash that's supposed to be in the card. Seriously. So. You're going to keep waiting. No response to that? <laughs> I think the cash is on your head, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> probably right. <laughs> all right. So rapid fire. Who do you guys have bigger expectations for this season? Tobias Merriweather or Jordan Botello? I'm going to say Tobias Merriweather because I have higher expectations out of the passing game in general. I think the defense will be pretty solid regardless of Batello. They'll figure out a way, especially on the defensive line. You know, it's it's like I've alluded to. It's uh, it's kind of like a hockey style. You know, nowadays you're always, you know, rotating in and out. And sure, you want Batello to be really good. And obviously, you know, you expect him to be good. But if he's not as good, I think he has less of an impact. Um, as Tobias, I think that the, someone needs to step up in the wide receiver room. I think he has the biggest, you know, ceiling overall potential. And I think it would be a disservice to the team if him and Sam Hartman can't get on the same page together. I agree with Jesse. I, for me, I'm always going to skew offense anyway. And I think Tobias has an opportunity to be the number one receiver uh, on this team. And I expect, you know, big things. Now, I think that that Hartman's going to to going to spread the ball around. And if anybody was listening to Brian's show earlier today, when we talked about, well, when he talked about the wide receivers, uh, you know, he talked a lot about Tobias and he has all the tools and all the gifts to be a number one receiver. 
And so that's what I'm looking for. Like it's time for him to step up and be that guy. Uh, but I think the ball is going to get spread around a lot, but I still like the chances of him stepping forth and kind of being grabbing those headlines. You know, I don't, I think the defense is kind of kind of be a situation where a lot of guys are going to contribute. And I think Jordan Batello is going to contribute, but I don't know that he's going to contribute to the extent that Tobias is going to contribute with touchdowns and receptions. Like, you know, it's a, he's going to, I think he's going to eat up the stats and I don't know that Jordan Batello is going to do that yet. Yeah. I, you know, I could have made this, I wanted to find somebody on defense. I could have made it Benjamin Morrison. Maybe that we you know would make it a little bit, more challenging but at the same time like it's almost scary how high the expectations are for a sophomore wide receiver with one career catch you know i know right but they are through the career touchdown as well well that's very true that is very true (laughs) they are through the roof but i mean it's because we know how talented yeah the guy is and the fact that you know really he probably would have had more than one catch when it was all said and done if if it weren't for the concussion you know that, that right. kept him out at the end of the season Agreed. you know at the same time it's like even when he was getting on the feet it was just but I guess my point is expectations are through the roof for him personally you know I, I think people have kind of lowered their expectations on Botello just because of some of the you know the the extended inconsistency I guess to the point that got him here but me Watching him in that South Carolina game really, really elevated my own expectations. I think they're more still for me with Tobias because of all the stuff that you guys outlined. But I still personally have really big expectations for Batello because I know we, we know how talented he is. And because now with Isaiah Foskey gone, he's going to have a heck of a lot more opportunity. So they're still high for me with him. But again, I think it would be hard not to have as high of expectations as everyone has for Tobias. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This next one, Chrissy Freud, 
She's a writer who covers the SEC for Sports Illustrated. She did a ranking of SEC quarterbacks this week. No surprise, she has LSU's Jaden Daniels, number one. This is SEC quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels, number one on the list. Here's my question. She has Alabama's Jalen Milrow at number seven on this list, which, of course, presumes that he's going to be the Alabama starter and not Tyler Buckner. So my question is, what does it say for Buckner if that happens? I think if that happens, what it says for Buckner is that he made the wrong decision. I don't understand. You know, obviously you don't transfer somewhere thinking that you're going to be the number two option still. But I, me personally, and, you know, maybe there's bias in this. I would rather be the backup at Notre Dame than the backup at Alabama. And I think that there's potential if he's the backup at both of those places that there's a good chance that he would get playing time as but both a backup. But I just think it's a lot of wasted movement energy and effort if you're going to transfer and still be a backup. And I and then, and then another thing, a part of this, I don't even think Jaden Daniels is the number one quarterback in the SEC. I think he has the highest mm. ceiling. But I, I would say that right now, you know, Will Rogers from Mississippi State, uh, I would put above him. Just a guy that has tons of passing touchdowns. He leads, you know, Mississippi State in a lot of, you know, passing categories. He is an SEC holder in completions all time. I just think he's done more to prove himself. I, I think that again, Jaden Daniels has a higher ceiling, but I don't I don't buy him as being the best quarterback in the SEC right now. Okay. It's not a good it's not a good look for TB. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know why you leave Notre Dame as a backup as the number one option and probably would have gotten some time. Uh that's what on, I mean, Vince. Like he was he gonna have packages inside yes. the 20 where you got to give right. the defense more things to be accountable for, aka his his him being a run threat, another run threat. Like Absolutely. he was going to have packages in place dedicated to him. So that's what made it even more hurtful for me. And I'm sorry for interrupting you. It's just he was not just because Sam Hartman was the going to be the starter. I don't think Tyler Buckner was going to be cut out 100. There were going to be packages built for Tyler Buckner and his skills. This is a, uh, a – you don't have to apologize. This is your show. This is a day that starts with T, <laughs> and T is for Jesse. So, uh, But, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think he made a, a huge mistake. Unless – the only thing I can think of is that Tommy Reese is like, yeah, you're going to come down here and be the starter. Like, it, it, you, you're going to be the starter, so come on down and let's do this thing together. You know, if that didn't happen, then I don't know why Tyler Buckner went down there because, number one, I don't think it's a good fit for him from a just a cultural standpoint like i it just i don't see the fit there a cali boy Butler. in alabama <laughs> yeah, i don't see it like i don't see that fit in any way there's a lot of other places he could have gone and been a starter and he was pretty much pretty much guaranteed to be the starter at notre dame in 24 if he just sticks yeah. around and stay around that's not yeah. going to happen at alabama if he doesn't win the starting job this year so What's yeah, Alabama's just going to say, who can we bring in to be the starter now? We went through a down year. Who's going to be our guy well, if, now? If How do we get starts, isn't he going to start next year? Right. I mean, I just – Yeah. I don't get it. I really and don't understand. At that point, if you're Tyler Buckner, are you transferring again? You're, you're absolutely right. The whole point in transferring was to go someplace to give yourself a chance to get on the field right away, which you – know, What Drew like Pine said, did. He went to Arizona State. Yeah, exactly. And so if 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 that doesn't materialize at Alabama, it is a huge whiff 
for Tyler Buckner because he's obviously in no better spot than in it. Like you said, probably a worse spot because we have to imagine that if he stays, you know, there was no guarantee they were going to run some package for him, but I would right. have to say that there was a pretty good chance that they were going to find a way to get him on the field this season, even with Sam Hartman as the starting quarterback. And his, his whole thing now is he's got to get reps if he's looking forward to being a professional quarterback here in a couple of years. And he's obviously not going to get that at, at Alabama if this happens. And so it, it right. ends up being a huge whiff. And a year from now, is he even at Alabama? If that I was going to say because my next question, what you guys would be is, what's more likely, him being a starter at Alabama or we see him transferring to another school? He's got to go. He's got to go someplace else. Why, if why it's, would if, if it's Milrow, because then, like you said, yeah. Milrow is going to be the starter again a year from now. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Get out of there. Get out of there. I'll throw this one in here. We just got this one from Brian Fit. What's your outlook on Notre Dame winning a national championship this season? Do you think it'll be in the near future? I think it's I, in the near future. This is this is the this is the most confident window I've felt about Notre Dame football in a while. I felt like Brian Kelly got to a new plateau and he kind of left with a bunch of excuses. And I don't think that's a national championship level team is when your coach is making excuses. I feel like Marcus Freeman is a younger, more energetic coach that is that is gobbling up excuses. I think he, he looks at an excuse as more so as an opportunity and he's taking, you know, Brian Kelly's biggest criticism of recruiting and making it the thing that he knocks the knocks out of the park. And so I think this the the program is in a healthy state. And then if you can, you know, take Marcus Freeman's recruiting and, and combine that, you just have to hope that Marcus Freeman can make up that coaching experience in such a short amount of time and, and just use the talent that he's able to generate and take it to the next level. So I would say that I felt good that this is one of the better windows of Notre Dame to win a national championship that I have felt in probably since being a fan in, in all honesty. I feel better about this year than I do about next year because I don't know who the quarterback is going to be next year. So I feel better about this year with, excuse me, Sam Hartman at the helm. And I put my money where my mouth is right there. I got money <laughs> down for Notre Dame to win the national championship. I already put it down. It was plus 2,500 odds. So I'm riding with it. So I put my money where my mouth is. I think they've got a shot at it this year. I think they got a shot. So my outlook is that they've got a shot. I'm not saying they're going to win a national championship, but they have three marquee games that can put them on the map. They've got a kid who is already being talked about in the conversation of a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. He's got all kinds of pieces around him. You've got a defense in the second year of the coordinator who was already a pretty good defense last year. they got to clean up a few things to become an elite defense. There's a lot of pieces in place here. Now, a lot of things have to go right, of course, but they've got the schedule to do it. they got the quarterback to do it, and I think they've got the pieces around them to do it. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but they have an opportunity to do it. Their biggest schedule thing this year is USC at home. That's That's got to be the difference well, maker in my opinion. They get two of the three biggest games on the schedule are at home, and that's Ohio that's State huge. and USC, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And Ohio State is going to be better than USC. It's a no, it's a no chance to finally it. win some of these games, though. They've shown right. now that they can beat Clemson. They've done that multiple times now 
over the last few years. The question now is, can they beat somebody, especially like in Ohio State? Can they beat someone of that that caliber? You know, like everyone from the Ohio State side, I think, is counting Notre Dame as a victory. I think Ohio State has more questions right now than, than Notre Dame has coming into this season. They've The Irish have the roster and the best quarterback they've had in at least, what, 14 years, if if not mm-hmm. more than that? Like, so they've they've got all the pieces. We know the games that they've got to win. I think that they've got a very good chance to at least be back in the playoff again. Right. Which, and once you're oh, in the yeah. playoff, once you're in there, you've got a chance, right? And right. that's, you know, uh, it, Josh makes a good point. He says, you know, they've got a great chance this year, and then next year's schedule is easy. And he's right. Yeah, I mean, if they had if they had next year's schedule this year, oh, I, 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 I'd, I'd feel real confident to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I'd feel yeah. real confident about it. Vince, yeah. uh, what do you? I'm gonna guess you got what, like ten dollars on that that plus twenty five hundred. I went crazy. Twenty. Put twenty. So that wins you what five hundred? Five twenty. Five. Oh, because you're well, twenty. Five, back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I am hoping that for you. Going back I know to the you're, you'd be a cash-out guy. They'd get to the playoffs. Or the oh, no, 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 no. I'm riding it, baby. I'm riding it all you'd the way. Be, you'd be the cash-out guy. I have never cashed out on any of my bets, sometimes <laughs> to my default. If they get into the playoff and you've got a cash-out offer of like 100 bucks, Oh, 100 bucks? No. It'd be, if it were like 250 I feel like you'd seriously consider it. <sighs> we might have to talk about it. We might have to have an intervention. I think if you did that, you would have to you'd have to smuggle that money into like your secret sock drawer or something like that. <laughs> right now, all the money I've won gambling is all in my phone. I've never cashed out. Nice. So I started out with a a gift. It was a gift, a fifty dollar gift card from somebody, and I have since eight hundred percent. I'm eight hundred percent up right now. So hopefully, we can keep it flowing. That's what we love to hear. Yeah, man. Going back to the Buckner question, Joe says, bigger question, would Notre Dame take him back? Personally, I don't think they would. No, I don't I think, think so either. I think the bridge. I think once you lift the burned, burned, you got to yes. burn that boat, baby. <laughs> yeah. And this came up, I think, you know, like when, the, you know, it was still kind of a, a question out there, you know, like would, you know, could he go somewhere and then potentially come back? I just I don't I think if he goes to Alabama and he's and he's not playing maybe there's a shot but but the problem is if he doesn't play you know like the whole question we were talking about last week with what Notre Dame is going to do at quarterback next year do you take a transfer because of the schedule do you have do you roll the dice with one of these young guys if Tyler Buckner comes you know wanted to come back I think all it does is muddle things up even more because you've still got a quarterback with barely any more experience than what you've got on the roster. I think if you're going to bring somebody in next year, it's got to be someone with more experience than what you've got. Not someone who's only yeah. got a couple, you know, a handful of games himself. Agree. I mean, at least they know him. They're familiar with him. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it makes you any better. From a you know, if he goes someplace and starts all year and wants to come back, then I've got no problem bringing him back if he has a successful injury free season. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's the case, you know what I mean? I don't know if that like they had a great succession secession plan in place while he was here, right? Hartman goes in 23, Buckner goes in 24, maybe even 25, and then you hand it over to either Minchie or Carr. 
Like that's that was a great plan. They would have been in great shape, but that's not obviously where they are right now. And so now 24 is in flux. So what do you, what what happens? I don't know. The schedule is pretty easy. I agree. Excuse me. James says, heck no to bringing him back. He showed what Notre Dame is to him. Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably agree with that. Fill in the blank. It's blank. The Atlanta Braves designated Charlie Culberson for assignment on Sunday, just hours before Culberson's oh, yeah. dad was scheduled to throw out the first pitch to him on Father's Day. It's a horrible look. You know, I, I just I, I don't understand. It's one thing if the if he's not scheduled to throw the pitch out to his own father on Father's Day, but when you have that lined up, there's no reason why you can't DFA him after the game or the day after it's, it's just a horrible, in my opinion, it's a horrible look. There's no reason to DFA DFA a guy literally hours before the game when he's scheduled to throw out the first pitch to his father on father's day. So I just don't get the logic of it at all because you can wait until the end of the game to DFA someone. So it's like, did someone magically get called up that you absolutely needed, like a, a bullpen arm or something? So like they were they were bringing up DFA? a catcher apparently for the roster. Here's what I don't get: like, okay, you could DFA him. Like anyone can throw out a ceremonial first pitch. Is there a True. rule on who can catch a ceremonial first pitch? I mean, it's, it's just, usually a player, it's just but a there's step, no right, rule. But, but does he have to be like? Is there? A I feel rule like I've seen coaches he, and bench coaches do it. Before? My point is. Yeah, like, couldn't he even, like, he doesn't have to be in uniform. Couldn't he just have, like, a warm-up suit on? Like, couldn't he have still, couldn't they have done the first pitch thing? That's what I don't get. Like, why why he couldn't still, you know, like, the dad couldn't still throw out the first pitch and the guy couldn't have caught it just because he wasn't on the active roster. Like, I thought that you could just, you know, again, like, throw anybody out there to do that that's just a, it's a bad look the bottom it line is, like jess said sure. it's a bad it's a bad look man you didn't have to do it that day seriously you like you, you didn't have to do it that day you could have put your backup catcher in or whoever you could have put a bullpen catcher out there right there, there's a million things you could have done as opposed to this especially if his dad was scheduled to On do it and then, Father's they, day. and then they canceled his dad and brought a different dad in like right wow wow right rough. just rough which is cool for the other dad, but again, it's like, man, you brought in his dad to throw out the first pitch on Father's Day, and then you did. And it's like, I get it. It's a business, but it, it just. It, you can't tell me that it was really that that one DFA assignment was going to win you the game like, that day. Yeah, exactly. So Red Sox manager Alex Cora says there's too much Yankees Red Sox on Sunday night baseball. Yankees Red Sox played two Sunday nights in a row. There's other teams out there and people want to see them is what Cora said. Do you buy it or sell it? So this one I had a hard time with because I don't have like a running log of who plays on Sunday night baseball. So like, I can't tell you if what he's saying is true, but it does feel like it is often the Yankees on Sunday. And I have to listen to Michael Kay (laughs) <laughs> on the Sunday ESPN show. And it's like, that's even worse because most, you know, for those who might not know, Michael K is the, the regular Yankees the broadcaster. Yankees, right. But he, uh, he does Sunday games with Boog Shiambi, um and someone else. And so 
it's just unfortunate because then you got to listen to them, you know, basically do the hometown call. So I feel like there's a lot of Yankees on Sunday baseball. So that I can definitely agree with. And I do agree. I think it should be a way of spotlighting kind of maybe teams like the Oakland A's, you know, a, a team you don't get to see often. And I think it, it should be a lot of inter inter divisional games like Cubs Cardinals, um, you know, Diamondbacks Dodgers would be good right now. Um, you know, Mets and Marlins might be good right now. So just more of those kind of games and kind of spreading the wealth. And either you know, there's so many Sundays in baseball that you, you, you can easily rotate and get, a, you know, almost every team in maybe twice per season. Look, the, the Red Sox Yankees have always been a sore subject for anybody that's not a Red Sox Yankees fan. And the problem is people watch those games. Yeah. If, if you don't want them on, stop watching them. That's right. That's, that's right. Because look, here's the deal, man. The people that are making these schedules don't give a crap about the Yankees or the Red Sox. They give a crap about ratings. They want people to watch eyeballs on the screen, and people are watching the Red Sox and the Yankees because they either love the Red Sox and Yankees or they hate the Red Sox or Yankees. It's about They're every time the Cowboys it. are put in prime That's, time. It's yeah. the same reason Notre Dame has its own TV contract. You know, right. going back to the guy who was tweeting about Notre Dame joining a conference, Notre Dame can stay independent because they have their own TV contract as long as that continues which we're confident that it will you know it's it's the same reason that it's the same reason notre dame also shows up on espn abc and wherever else you know when yep. they play a road game and they're in prime time half the time if not more it's the same reason as jesse just said the dallas cowboys are on with all these prime time games it's the same reason the lakers and the celtics get all you know these games it's like baseball viewership especially on 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 the national stage has been dwindling for years. You know, the local TV networks still have relatively decent ratings, but national broadcasts, you know, like Red Sox Yankees played on Fox the night before, the day before on Saturday. And every time Yankees Red Sox play, ESPN's going to put them on as much as possible. There are still plenty of other Sundays throughout the season that these other teams can show up there. So, Alex Cora might be right, but he's managing the Red Sox and he should, you know, he's fortunate he's managing the Red Sox because they're a team that people still want to see, even when they're not that great. And, you know, they're not that great right now. But when the Yankees play the Red Sox, networks are always going to find a way to put it on TV. It's always. Just yep. Yep. Okay. So yesterday at the College World Series, the Wake Forest left fielder lost a fly ball in the sun. Sun shining right in, it, right in his eyes in left field. Ball goes over his head because he misplayed it. Can you guess what was resting on the bill of his hat? Sunglasses. Yes, Vince, you get the points. Woo! Where's the bell? <laughs> Bing! My question is, maybe this isn't Jess around can the answer horn. This. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Jess can answer this since he, you know, he didn't play outfield. He played ball in college, though. We see this all the time. Guys are in the field. They have some kind of problem finding the ball, and they've got sunglasses on the top of their head. Why? Why do guys do it? Why don't they wear the sunglasses? So there is there's two parts of this question. The first part is it is inexcusable, in my opinion, with a high sun like that to not be wearing sunglasses, especially like that's what they're – made for and they they are sunglasses specifically you know for baseball like i still have mine they were called the prism oakley's 
and they actually mm. kind of turned the the sun like a different color. It it was proven to make you see the ball better. It made the ball pop more, and they were specialized sunglasses for baseball. I have those. I wore them for a long time. It is insane. I think it should be if you have the sunglasses, you wear them. If you don't, you leave them in the dugout because it's only going to be an excuse. You know, it, when you make a play like that, it, the first thing is going to be, why don't you have your sunglasses? But here's my only, only, only caveat to this. When I played in high school, I played third base and the sun always set at like the, it was this kind of twilight zone for about 15 to 20 minutes where it was always directly in your eyes and you had to take it you're staring right into the west that's yeah and so there was always a twilight zone for you know as the sun was setting for about 20 minutes maybe inning two innings where the sun was always right in your eyes and actually i tried with sunglasses but it almost made it worse and so maybe there was a twilight zone and i've been in omaha before and i've actually there's a (laughs) there's a cool uh, I, I, being a photographer last year, this guy gave me a tip of like certain times where you can take photos and like, it, it's like this perfect eclipse almost. And I, I don't know when it was. And so like, there are certain times where like, no matter what you just can't see. So maybe that was what was yeah. going on. I think but the majority of the time you got to have the sunglasses on. Yeah. I think the way they were describing it on TV is maybe what you're talking about. Like the sun was kind of like on the top of the stadium, you know, something like that, where it's sort of, you know, beginning to eclipse. Maybe that made it worse. I don't know. But again, it's not the first time that we've seen guys have trouble with the sun, uh, not have sunglasses on, but have them. It's like every ball player, it seems yeah. like, is wearing them as a yep. style statement instead of I need the guys with them. the flip ups. If Which you're going to do it that way, more. you got to have the ones that you can flip down. Mm-hmm. Those aren't the cool looking right. ones, though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, they're not the big old Oakley, you right. know. They're not cool. Big but frame. They're way more effective. <laughs> there was uh I think Alfonso Soriano used to wear those a ton when he played outfield for the Cubs. Yeah, exactly. I think he did. I, think he I mean, did. that's the way to go. I was at that down. game where he got hit in the hand and shattered his, you know, Oof. I can't remember what finger it was. Vipers, that's it. Those are the new trendy ones that Joe was the sunglasses that are nice and big and everyone, I knew Joe every kid wears them. I knew Joe would know. He, he's a baseball guy. He knows this stuff. That's right. Do you have a team that you're pulling for at the College World Series? Who won last night? I meant to watch it. Um, Wake it Forest LSU came and back Wake. and beat LSU 3-2. to two. Yeah, Wake Forest won three. I was trying to remember which okay. game was last night. Yeah, Wake Forest ended up winning. Yeah, I – I'm definitely rooting for Wake. I think it might be the ACC tie-in. I'm not sure, uh, but I'm de- I'm definitely rooting for Wake. So I've I liked LSU just because Paul went to LSU after Notre Dame and shortly kind of won it afterwards. But that's not actually my number one. My number one is TCU. Um, TCU burst onto the scene and got hot. They went to the 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017 College World Series. They also made an appearance in 2010, but they have never won it. And so I want them to actually come through and win. I have, I would have no problem with TCU winning. There's just no, you know, good feelings, bad feelings. I just feel like they're one of those good kind of teams. I remember them bursting onto the scene um, and I just kind of want them to finish the deal. I like, and they're like kind of like the Cinderella story this year. No one really expected TCU, you know, as much as you can be a Cinderella story in baseball, they didn't, I don't think TCU had the expectations to go this far this season. Yeah. 
I liked him better when Jim Schlossnagel was there. Schlossnagel's the guy who's at Texas A&M now. Remember, they eliminated Notre Dame yeah. last year. Really good coach. I'm I'm with Vince. I'm I'm kind of on wake. Even though they're the number one team in the country, they're I know. still they, because like they've never really been this good before, and like this is their first time being there since '54 when they won the whole thing, and they're the number one team in the country, and. They told the story the other day about this pitching lab that they have. And I mean, that's really what's catapulted them to, you know, to where the program is now. All this technology that they've got in this, they call it the pitching lab down there at Wake Forest. And they're looking like they could be really a team to contend with for the next several years. So I'm kind of pulling for Wake, you know, just really strong pitching. And they've got, you know, yeah. some like little scrappy guys. They kind of, you know, they've they've come from behind in, in both of their wins so far so definitely definitely pulling for them but uh you know i wouldn't mind seeing tcu either like you're talking about there jess um i'm definitely not like since maneri is not at lsu like yeah definitely don't pull for them the way that i used to when paul was there so i know that uh my favorite thing in in Omaha recently is the Rocco's Jello Shot Challenge, and there's <laughs> a bar that's local. Field. <laughs> yeah, and so they do this local bar does a challenge where each team gets uh, a slot, and whatever team buys the you know what you basically buy a Jello shot and say what team you're rooting for, and they keep track throughout the entire College World Series. Well, LSU is up to twenty one thousand four hundred thirty five second place is at 5,572, <laughs> and that's Wake Forest. And they, they said yeah. that, because uh, they have a Twitter account that I follow, the all-time record has been broken, and the all-time, or sorry, the Guinness World Record purchased by one person uh, was also broken. I guess the Raising Cane's CEO, CEO or owner is an LSU fan and broke the Guinness World Record. So mm. that's my favorite part. I didn't get to try any jello shots, but. Not surprised. Decaf saying Will Mercer transferring to Texas from Notre Dame. I did see Notre Dame got a couple position player transfers this week. They're getting a guy from UCLA and a guy from St. John's, a couple pretty hmm. solid hitters, it looks like. But going to have to address that pitching. They might have to uh, open up a pitching lab of their own here pretty soon if they want to uh, keep going forward. So. Well, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Vince, thanks again for for jumping in. We got bonus Love Vince it. today. That's Rebel right. Baby. This was a, a free Friday show. I know, right? By the way, Vince, since you're sitting here, I turns out I will be here tomorrow. Oh, okay. Uh, the schedule, the conflict that I thought I was going to have okay. tomorrow will not be tomorrow. So, okay, I'll be here with you tomorrow. Well, we'll. Uh, I don't know about Friday. Friday's up in the air. So for me, so it might okay. just be the Styers show. So we'll see. I've got right. to go to another kicking camp. All right. We'll see. Sounds good. We'll smash that like button on your way out. We do appreciate it. Of course, um, as uh, Lance said, today's show is sponsored by your local shrink. <laughs> when you watch Notre Dame football, <laughs> remember to call and make an appointment with your therapist. Not wrong. Fade out in commercial. That is, that is like not that. wrong. Maybe we could, maybe we were the therapy today, letting people vent, vent a little bit. All right, hit like, subscribe, rate, review. Jess, thank you as well. Thanks to Naomi for cutting you loose there for uh, an hour or so on your vacation. We will talk to you tomorrow. 
Hunt Aviation Sports Talk.